But of course, there's no time to unpack all of that because Tobias spots Marine One, which is the president's helicopter. Um, there's a nice little moment of like Rachel asking what Marine One is and Tobias answering. And Rachel's just like, the stuff you know, Tobias. And she, she's quoted as marveling. Like, you like him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but there's yeah, no time to worry about David because the helicopter is, is, heading straight towards the compound. And Marco notices um, a blurring in the air above and behind the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And um, they, the group recognized that as a shielded um, Yerk ship or Yerk mm-hmm. craft. So. Yep. And the, Marco makes the connection that they're not going to wait for the conference. The Yerks are going to go after the president right now. So Jake tells everyone to move, like, go, we have to intercept that helicopter right yeah, the fuck now. Book it. Um, and they're basically trying to race the Yerk ship, um, Axe and Marco both into it that it's the blade ship because it's the only one big enough to swallow a whole goddamn helicopter. Which, to um, be fair, is a real neat and tidy way of doing this. The, literally, yeah. the hatch in the bottom of the blade ship opens up and just scoops. Mm-hmm. In the way that, like, those uh, firefighting planes just scoop water. And they immediately replace it with a hologram, so... It's so slick. They yeah. wouldn't even know that it had gone missing. Yeah, yeah like, like I mentioned earlier, the, the Yerks are very is, uh, on top of their game, yeah. this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they... So they managed to swoop in... Like, Marco just barely makes it into the blade ship. Um, I believe it's Rachel and Tobias get caught outside. Yeah. Yes. 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 Rachel and Tobias get caught outside, and so the other five of them are in the blade ship underneath the helicopter. It's a very tense little scene. It's very good. Um, mm. as it's, as it's described. <laughs> I love that it's like, he's talking about watching the hatch closing and is he gonna make it and, you know, zoom, I blew through, scraping my belly and my back. Um, and then, you know, he lands on the now closed deck and says, yes! I'd made it! I'd made it aboard the blade ship of Visor 3. Oh, goody. <laughs> what? Was I insane? And, <laughs> um, yeah, they demorph and it's just the group of them just like scared out of their minds underneath the a helicopter yep in the blade ship yeah they're very much the dogs that caught the car mhm uh marco looks at david to see how david is maintaining uh he looked like he was getting ready to visit a dentist who didn't believe in novocaine he was ready to wet himself good i thought only an idiot wouldn't be scared mhm <laughs> Um, uh, Marco sees a person with a slash across the heel of his shoe, um, that he believes to be the president. I don't know, like, we don't really get any evidence backing this up, but it, it just is assumed to be the president, I guess. Mm Um, uh, Jake tells Axe that they need a distraction, Mm. uh, which... Maybe they assume it's the president because it's the only person being removed from the helicopter. Maybe, yeah. And if it's nice yeah, pants and sense. nice shoes as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, 
military wear for a yeah. guard. Yeah, I can. Suit. I can. The, the intuitive leap doesn't feel totally like contrived. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's still a leap, but yeah. I can at least see the leap. Yeah. Uh, uh, but so Jake tells Axe to go be a distraction. Uh, Marco uh, observes, like, I think if I were Axe, I might have felt just slightly resentful then. It was like, Axe, man, go get yourself killed so we can take our time morphing. Mm. Uh, but Axe like- is a soldier deep down inside, smug and superior sometimes, loopy and silly other times. Axe is still an Andalite Aris, a warrior in training, and he's Elfanger's brother, which tells you a lot. I like in this instance, we know that Axe responds to orders without thinking most of Mm -hmm. the time. But Jake doesn't order him to do that. He just says, we need a distraction. Mm -hmm. Not, Axe, can you be a distraction or will you be a distraction? Mm -hmm. I don't know whether that just pays heedance to how Jake knows how to communicate with mm-hmm. Axe, or whether it's just, again, another nod to how well this group are good, how mm-hmm. how good this group have gotten at working together. Yes. yes, I think that's exactly it. It's, it's, they don't even, he doesn't even need to say, Axe, go out there and demorph to be a distraction. It's mm-hmm. just Axe, distraction, now. And yeah. mm-hmm. it, everyone knows what they mean, you know? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, but there's no room for Axe to really get out from under the helicopter. So, like, none of them, they can't do shit. They can't go into to battle morphs, at least. Uh, so they can't just go ham and fight their way out, essentially. Um, and, uh, Marco asks David if Cassie set him up with a bug morph. Um, and David affirms that he has acquired a cockroach. Um, and Marco turns to Jake and says, Jake, he has a cockroach morph. What do you think? And again, there's that unspoken, like the rest of the sentence. What do you think? Why don't we all morph cockroach, then go find a place to demorph and remorph combat morph mm. so that we can fight our way out of here? Like, I, yeah. I like also that there's this, you can see how being witness to a really well oiled machine that you're now a part of could build resentment. Mm hmm. Yes, because David has no idea what's going on. He didn't no, even exactly. understand the question at first. Yeah. You know, Marco asked, did Cassie set you up with a bug morph? And he's, he looks confused. She made me touch, I mean, acquire a cockroach. Is, is that what you mean? Like, he doesn't have any idea what's going on, yeah. obviously. Yeah. He's yeah. literally yeah. in morph for six hours at this point. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm not on Team David anytime soon, but I can see how mm-hmm. that new kid feeling Yes. But like so much worse because you're in a life and death situation and you're still the new kid that doesn't get the in jokes. I was just going to say, this is like the combat version of being the new kid and not getting the inside jokes. But in this case, it's Mm -hmm. life or death. Yeah. And, and it begs the question, like, I can imagine David thinking, okay, is Jake going to make some call that he expects me to know what it means and I don't and get us all killed? Mm hmm. Uh, which is, you know, a fun thing to be thinking about. Yeah. Um, but, um, so they've got to do this. And um, Mark observed this is a shit show, basically. They don't have Rachel Tobias. They're trapped under a helicopter. Um, they're probably too late to help the guy with the slashed shoe. Um, and so, yeah, they're just like, 
the only thing they can do is if the president's invested that they're gonna have to kidnap the president <laughs> off a spaceship. And like Marco's brain is like oh, doing he's 20 steps ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> and he has to like pull himself back. Yeah. But um and he's like tells David, like I'm gonna morph, close your eyes and don't think about it. Cause bug mm-hmm. morphs suck. Yep. And like yeah. Marco tells him twice mm-hmm. that you to shut his eyes, and because he assumes he knows better, I guess, or maybe it's morbid curiosity, morbid. Maybe it's just like he rankles that hard at being told what to do. Because mm-hmm. I can you know, also just see it. He's probably terrified, and yeah. he's terrified. You don't want to not be able to see what's going on around you. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the morphing slowly happens. Um, and what, and Marco's like, okay, he's doing all right as long as he gets past the extra legs. And his shootout, and David starts to scream. Yeah. yeah. I guess my face probably turned roachy at that point, too, because when I next saw David, it was through compound eyes. I saw, so I saw hundreds of tiny, distorted images of him opening his mouth to scream. And when I heard the weird, railing, moaning, horrible sound, it vibrated down my antenna. He opened his mostly human mouth to scream. It wasn't much of a scream because his lungs were almost gone, but it was enough. One of the hork hear him um, uh, and shush everybody else like, ah, there's a sound. Uh, and then David screams a second time. Uh, Marco tells him to shut up, you moron. And Cassie mm-hmm. steps in. Uh, David, calm down. It's okay. Uh, the hork are mobilizing, and Jake says, we need to get out of here. David, David, listen to me. Get a grip. Do it now. You can be hysterical some other time. That seemed to penetrate David's consciousness. He stopped screaming, but he began demorphing. He was getting more human. David, Cassie said, listen to me. You are going to die if you don't get a grip. Finish morphing the cockroach. It's the only way. No way. Do it, David, she said. I know it's creepy, but it's better than being dead. Besides, we've all done it. Marco has done it. He's not screaming like a baby, is he? Aren't you as tough as Marco? I'd never seen this exact cat side of Cassie. She's always good at understanding people. It hadn't occurred to me she'd be good at manipulating people if she had to. You know what Marco did the first time he morphed a roach? Cassie continued. Just what you're doing. He freaked, but he maintained. It's okay that you freaked, but you have to maintain now. I watched, and slowly, slowly, David melted towards full cockroach. Of course, now he'd really hate me. Cassie had used the tension between me and David to manipulate him. It was the right thing to do. Necessary, if we were going to live. But it was ruthless in a way, too. Not that I had time to worry about that. And like, holy shit! (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And then Uh, David takes it up as like almost like a mantra, where he's like, if, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Right. And like, that is what's getting him through this. Mm-hmm. I do love this instance of Marco having this realization of Cassie. And the thing that's just popped into my mind is how Batman has a contingency plan to take down every other member of the Justice League if he needs it. Mm-hmm. And the notion of Marco being aware of just how dangerous everyone else on that team is. Yep. Is just, mm. 
It's very yeah. good and also upsetting in a very narratively satisfying way, as I like <laughs> to say. But there's just something about just like, oh, see, I knew you were savvy. Now I can see how dangerous you are. And he was already feeling shaky about Cassie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah. how scary must that be? Because he knows he's emotional and that he can be manipulated. And just like, oh, yeah, she'll do that too. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, I made a note in the in the doc about this because, I mean, we've seen Cassie use her empathy and her people skills to to get people to do what what she wants them to do, basically. But this mm-hmm. is much more direct. Like, this is... Yeah. This is mm-hmm. very much manipulation, and, and we yeah. can call it that. And yeah, I, I yeah. mentioned in the in my note, like, do we think that maybe this is kind of maybe a byproduct of Cassie's time with Aftran and spending time with the Yerk who was manipulating, and just that kind of whole experience, maybe making her mm-hmm. use this superpower of hers for yeah. I mean, we've seen direct. we've seen in the past that like. The being infested leaves a mark on you. Mm-hmm. Like, Jake is not the same person before and after he's infested. Right. And we see that even with Aldrea um, in the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, in the very, very, like, small moment when Esplin was... infested. Yeah. Exactly. When Esplin was beginning to infest her, and afterwards we get the observation from Dak that, like, Whatever just happened affected her deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can see how it would shift your perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that then Cassie did go through her, like, resurrection of sorts, mm-hmm. it's an interesting duality to give her. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also, and I say this because I want to give agency to a complicated character. Like, we've seen her be hypocritical in the past and dismiss it. We've been in her headspace pre-book 19 and her awareness of people and how to say things. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is that much of a sidestep. No. At all. No. I think it's an evolution of a thing she yes. was already able to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, Because I'm I'm trying to think, like, this is more manipulating David at the expense of Marco. Yes. Which is not, mm. which that is how it is different from what she's done before. Agreed. Agreed. Um, And, I mean, Marco's right. It it is necessary. Like, if they don't get uh, David under control in this moment, Mm -hmm. they will die. So, you know, go for it, Cassie. Also, here's a fun thing to think about. Marco's the only one that would probably get it and be cool with it like this. Mm-hmm. In because, fact, mm-hmm. it almost happened in the opposite direction when Marco was almost trapped as a wolf. Mm. He looked at Tobias and yeah. used Tobias to motivate yeah. himself to morph back. Yeah. yeah. So he can recognize that, you know what? If he needs that to finish this, then Fine. let that be it. Yeah, if this competition has to be the focal point to get him to do what he has to do, sure. Yeah, what, what I like about it is because, you know how we had that line from Marco earlier about there isn't morals and ethics, there's just will this work or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like if 
Cassie was doing that with somebody else, throwing them under the bus proverbially, even if it was for the right reasons. I don't think anyone else would necessarily handle it as well. Perhaps Jake, but it would be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's no, um, like, Marco has no bad feeling towards Cassie over this at no, all. No, no. Like, Whereas I think he, somebody else would. He almost admires, you know, how mm-hmm. well she's able to manipulate uh-huh. David. But he doesn't take it personally. He doesn't, you know, this no. is not going to come between them. She's right. doing the thing that needs to make the thing happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think but she's also exacerbated this competition yeah. between yeah. David and Marco on both sides. Not yeah. just yeah. for David, but for Marco, yeah. too. Like, I, lo- I love the Cassie Marco fucking duality. It's just yeah. so mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And you only really see it in Marco and Cassie books because they both recognize mm-hmm. their places as Jake's lieutenant. With very different jobs. Exactly. But also, like I said, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And recognizing the need for the other. Yeah. Like, because it can be like, okay. Marco helps Jake figure out the choices. I'm there to be the moral compass that I know he needs. Because mm-hmm. we've seen Cassie say about that for being that for Jake expressly from her perspective, that that's what he needs and that's what she's going to be. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it from Marco too. Like he's the guy that comes up with the bad ideas or with the unpleasant yeah. ideas, I should say. Mm-hmm. Jake's the one that puts them in motion. Yep. I'm sorry, my brain, because of who I am as a person, is just going, hmm, how can I make an OT3? <laughs> uh, you don't have to try very hard. No, I know. And they're just like, mm, okay, well, one more thing to add to the things to look for when I have read all the books and can go on AO3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OT3, Cassie, Marco, Jake is a pretty, pretty solid, like, I think it's more common than maybe just Jake Cassie. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but yeah, so um, they they have cockroached. Yep. Um, I like, and like you said, there's like that egging on now between them because mm-hmm. like Dave's like, if he can do it, I can do it. And uh, I should have kept my mouth shut, but I guess I wouldn't be me if I did, or if I always did the sensible thing. So I said, when you've kicked half the yuck, but I've kicked, then you can talk, new boy. See, stupid. Now I just confirmed that David would hate me. And gave Cassie more ammunition to take this tactic in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but Jake's like, okay, we got to go. Because um, the helicopter's starting to rise. Uh, they book it. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah well you know they're cockroaches it's it's not ideal um mm-hmm. but they find an opening uh managing to uh get out from under the uh helicopter uh marco loses some legs in the process because the hawk was marching in and gets a couple ripped off but they're being ignored um so they go for the light um, because, but everything's loud because obviously there's Hawk Bajira running in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Marco being Marco tries a little humor. Uh, season is fun, David, I said. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, life in as an animal. For not a job, it's an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're able to get into, um, a bulkhead. Yeah. 
um, the light ahead of us and starting to feel okay. And they're not running out of energy because Rage is good that, but unfortunately somebody is, um, taking the initiative and a, someone is spraying a raid into mm-hmm. the cavity that they're in. Yep. It's again, the Yerks are very competent in these books. And I just, I just love the idea that ever since, what was it like book six or whatever, mm-hmm. Yerks just go around, they carry raid everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. They have raid on every ship now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. I mean, not for the kids. They're now not running. for the kids, but you know. Um, Axe is yelling, go to the light. Yeah, I was and- literally just telling my husband just like, what was it, yesterday? Two days ago? Mm-hmm. We saw a roach. And that the, the raid needs to be in like the central most location of whatever dwelling you are in. Like it needs to be in the easiest to access place. Mm-hmm. You have to be able <laughs> to see a roach and grab the raid immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they just got that. They saw one roach. They had one roach incident and they, they learned from it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Axe is like, run to the light. Marco gets in a good crack about, yeah, no, if the gas reaches us, we're not only going to the light, we're saying hello to all our dead relatives and explaining our impure thoughts to St. Peter. Uh, and Axe is just like, what? And he's just like, just run, run. <laughs> but um, they're able to uh, get out of um, this wave of gas, like climb up um, mm-hmm. a vertical pole and get out into the light. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very brightly lit room. So this seems okay for now. But, uh, and um, Slash and they, Shoe Man is above them. Yeah. So they hide up the trouser leg of said person because they can hear approaching steps. Axe points out something with four legs. And we all know who that means. <laughs> um, so, and the, the Yerks realize they're out of time. Mm-hmm. It's probably it might just be bugs, but either way, it doesn't matter. Um, and what Visa Three does is acquire the president as a morph, because why would they infest him? Visa Three is not going to give up his Andalite morph or his Andalite mm-hmm. host, and he's not going to trust somebody else to be in the president. Mm-hmm. So. And Marco is kicking himself for not figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's what the plan is. And then it's done. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do about it. Yep. Uh, they begin to put the president back on the helicopter. Um, and uh, Axe says, basically, they're going to return the helicopter to its original flight pl- flight plan. They'll reverse the sun effect and all the humans on board will wake up remembering nothing. It'll be as if nothing happened. Um, and Marco's like, all right, well, do we stay with the president or do we bail? Uh, and Jake says, oh, we'll bail. We can't just demorph in the president's helicopter. The president won't be alone. And even if he's straight, others might not may not be like the Animorphs. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> there could be a shootout. Um, so David said boldly, I thought we were supposed to kick butt. Not on our own president, duh. <laughs> uh, and they end up back under the helicopter because they, they bail off of the president's leg. Uh, they, they're back under the helicopter and then they realize that this is a terrible idea because the helicopter is on top of the hatch that will open to release the helicopter. Uh, and none of them can run fast enough to outrun the sudden, uh, 
wind that kicks up as the hatch opens. Um, and all of the roaches are sent, uh, are jettisoned out into the open air. <laughs> and then the book ends on a cliffhanger. To be continued. Uh, classic. One of my favorite Animorphs tropes. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that was book 20. That was book 20. You can, David. You can understand yep. why we immediately made plans to maybe not wait a month and instead read the next book and get ready to record in uh-huh. like two days from now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Literature. We're just big into literature here. <laughs> oh God, it's occurred to me that I bet there's like fix it fic about David and I hate this. <laughs> I don't think there's fix it fic. There's a lot of AUs. Nobody likes David. You know what? That actually makes me feel really good about the Animorphs fandom. <laughs> just thank you, Animorphs fandom, for not doing that. I mean, so much of this would have to be changed to even yeah. start mm-hmm. a fix-it fix. Yeah. Like, there's just so, 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 so many ways that this cannot work. Yeah, I think it says something about the ways that it could. I think it says something about the kind of character that people are willing to mm-hmm. do that with. Mm-hmm. He's not given us anything redeeming enough, and we don't have a pretty actor playing him to uh, yeah. justify. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. justify sure. it. Yeah. Yes, um, I'm going to casually drag every fandom I've been in ever. We have a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. It also is. Uh, I was just listening to Gay Space Rocks the other day, um, and they were talking about um, uh, Marty, Morty, Morty, um, who is uh, the person who was Greg Universe's like manager and then fucked him over and then came back mm. um and is a total deadbeat dad to uh his son sour cream. Um yeah. and uh August made the uh comparison and it was really funny because they made the comparison like right as I was thinking it that like everyone hates Marty more even than they hate like the diamonds and like the other big bads because the other big bads are fantastical and marty is very much a person that you could encounter in real life yeah i was gonna say it's Um, a very human kind of and it's it's the it's the umbrage phenomenon yes right exactly um where you know you see voldemort voldemort is probably objectively a worse person than umbrage is at least in terms of like murder and torture um, I think it's it, but yeah, it's because you have you know you could meet somebody like that. You have yeah. in your personal life probably experiences like dealing with someone like that, mm-hmm. so you know firsthand. It's not an abstract thing. Yes, it's yeah. not. It's within your realm of understanding. Yeah, yeah. And like Visser Three is a bombastic villain, right? He's over the top. And he's a big bad. He's scary, but he's not viscerally scary like David is. Especially because. Scary. Sorry. Sorry. No, don't. But you're good. Okay, no, no. We got to wrap the episode. Then you can. Yeah, back. but like uh, David, not only is like the kind of person that you would interact 
with, but also is like hits much more close to home in terms of like he's part he was he is slash was part of their group. Yeah, yeah, they brought them they brought him in. Yes. Yeah. Um and so it's not it's not just a villain, it's a betrayal. Exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say because you kind of have it juxtaposed to here's what it could have been. Mm-hmm. And then it just went the total other direction. He could have been a new member, a new friend, a new warrior, yeah. a, a help. But instead. Yep. Mm. Yep. Uh, Let's do our yeah. rap questions. I will say, we probably won. I had nothing after, but we started an hour earlier than five. But we've actually done, considering we didn't start recording till like yeah. we've actually done very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did need the four hours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know <laughs> but yeah we haven't gone wildly over four hours go team proud of us so uh let's do the the possible rankings uh plot sure. mm. <sighs> um i suppose the a slash b plot like the david stuff is very compelling yeah mm-hmm. The B plot is there. Yeah, yeah, is there. I feel like breaking it down maybe ends up maybe like a six or a seven. Cause like, yeah. I'm not here for the story in this. I'm here for mm-hmm. this character into play. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I the, agree with that. the actual like fighting Yerk's plot is fucking garbage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can't wait till you see the resolution of it, Jake. <laughs> oh my god okay and it's only there because without it they could actually take the time to like, yeah. initiate david properly and yeah. practice morphs and like actually yeah. teach him what's going on which yeah. is unacceptable because then he yeah. might not be horrible so yeah. right right it's it it's very contrived just in a less fantastical way than yeah Re-engineering shark brains to fill my inside. I was looking into a camera that wasn't there. I hope it was audible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, engineering shark brains, it's fine. Mm. Uh, microchips and sharks, infesting horses. I still like Psychic infesting whales. horses. I won't lie. I still enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't know why it pleases me so. <laughs> anyway. Uh, characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, for all of my complaining about the idiot ball, uh, which I maintain as a mm-hmm. standard, as a thing, I genuinely enjoyed the characterization. I enjoy seeing David mm-hmm. for all that I want to smack the little shit, but mm-hmm. I felt very strong characterization through. And this is something we've talked about before when we get a Marco or a Cassie book is we get these really good insights yeah. into the others. Because of how those two think. Yeah. I mean, it's actually it's true of all. It's just these two tend to folk talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, pretty high. What do you think, Jen? Yeah, I I agree. I think some characters we got really good insights to. I, I mean, obviously we are introduced to David. We get pretty clearly laid out what kind of a person he is. We get mm-hmm. some good Marco. We get some good Jake. We get that excellent moment with Cassie. I would like to have gotten some more Tobias and Axe perspective. Yeah. Um, on, on all of this. Um, 
we hear Axe's point of view in the, the David problem discussion. Mm-hmm. But we don't get much more from, from them, and I would have liked to get a little bit more of a well-rounded view of how everyone's dealing with yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Honestly, I would say and this would Rachel make... a as well. And yeah, Rachel, definitely. We don't really get her opinion too much. Yeah. Um, although, to be fair, we do get an entire book from her perspective. Yes. So, but, like, in this initial... Yes, like, in this initial just bit, yeah. Just bringing David in, like, you know, this is kind of the crux of everything, where it can mm-hmm. go one way or the other. Yeah. And it, I, yeah, I feel like we only get a few characters' perspectives, really. Yeah. Part of me thinks that this would make a, a decent Megamorphs, mm. um, except yeah. that it would then... You wouldn't fit three books of content into one Megamorphs. You could do two. Yeah. But not three, I don't think. Yeah. Um... I really do like the idea of this trilogy, though, because that is one of my biggest complaints about Animorphs overall, is Mm -hmm. because it is so serialized, a Mm -hmm. lot of times you just get, you know, this one short book from one perspective. Right. And sometimes it's like a big plot point, you know, this Mm -hmm. brand new problem that they have to solve in 100 pages that's never mentioned again. Right. It's just totally thrown away. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this gets unpacked over the three, I've got to say. Yeah. yeah. So I really, I kind of wish they had done this for more of the bigger plot points of having two, three, or four books in a row dealing with the one problem. So you can see yeah. from different perspectives and flesh it out more. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they're writing a book a month, and it's, yeah. this, is, this is how Scholastic operated in the 90s, so you know, I get it. But I do really like that we get this yeah. it's standalone trilogy here. I think these three books are probably some of the strongest writing in the series. Mm. They are very uh, good. Because they're very, very good. Uh, they tell a very cohesive story. Uh, mm. They tell, like, obviously the plot is shit, but like the characterization mm. and and all of that, the plot yeah. that goes with David specifically, Arguably, is like very sorry. well told. It has a very satisfying arc. Mm. Yeah. Maybe in that way we should maybe hold fire on giving these rankings until the trilogy is complete because mm-hmm. they do act as a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should view the whole overarching plot characterization and enjoyability slash satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I definitely want to hold on number four until all three of them. Oh, but yeah, you know yeah, my yeah, answer yeah. for that anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite part? I really enjoyed the fight in the uh, David's house. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked the ba- balance of humor and tension. I liked the combatness of it. I like how dangerous it felt. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose favorites always hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very good. She's just very good. I like. I say, like, the moment of David dive-bombing that crow, mm-hmm. the sheer, like, snap of you mm-hmm. can feel that turn that the KA are making mm-hmm. and you realize what your worries have been, just like, oh. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I enjoy feeling that the narrative is shifting mm-hmm. and not knowing where we're going. Mm-hmm. As a writer, as a reader, I find that very compelling. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, what about you, Jen? I really love the discussion about what to do with David. Mm-hmm. Um, Good shit. Right after they get him out of the house. Um, I, I like when we get to see everyone's perspectives and hear their opinions and I, the whole discussion I felt, I felt was really well done and brought up really good points and, you know, options and what to do with the box and what to do with David and, cause I feel like that, that's kind of the turning point of, that's what sets off the trilogy, right? Cause obviously if they had chosen not to, well, okay, that's a dumb thing to say. Obviously if they chosen not to bring David in, then there wouldn't be a David trilogy. Duh. But, <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, that just felt like a really big decision and a big turning point. And it was right. very well, well written and well done, I thought. Right, yeah. How about uh, you, Danielle? I think the moment when Cassie is coaching him through the morph. Mm. Um, yeah, honestly, all of the morphs that Cassie coaches him through, um, it, I think it really illustrates, uh, is both of their characters very well. And like how, how Cassie will almost be in the wrangling position. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to seeing, given what you were said earlier about David's misogyny. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how that plays out given that context. I mm-hmm. assume it's going to be because David and Rachel are going to have. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> yeah. Conflict. Yeah. David almost. Well, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, That's for a You'll find discussion. out soon enough. <laughs> uh, did anything surprise you? don't think so like how much they went there with david maybe so Mm -hmm. soon i guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe that yeah jen i think you and i have the same kind of surprise reaction for this book yeah we kind of talked about it a little bit before recording and it's funny jade because it's kind of the opposite of yours in my memory of this trilogy you right off the bat hate David. He is just immediately the worst mm-hmm. and is horrible and you're just waiting for how this is all going to fall apart. And I was surprised on the reread of kind of how slow it is to pick up. Like this first book, other, there's the crow incident, which that's bad. That's definitely bad. But other than that, it's like this kind of you're still kind of wondering, like, is this actually going to work out or is mm-hmm. this going to fall apart? You know, like, yeah. it's, it's not 100% clear one way or the other yet. And that's not how I remembered it. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. was kind of interesting. And also the way that they treated David was different in my memory. Because mm-hmm. part of the reason I volunteered to guest for this book was because in my memory of this, like, they they treat David pretty badly from the beginning as in like not bringing him into the group and kind of intentionally making him feel like an outsider and you know they make all of these choices that if they'd done it done it differently it could have gone differently and then reading it i was like no they they kind of do the best with what they have you know like Mm -hmm. there's not really too much where i was like ooh, would have would have done that differently 
Yeah. You know, like, I think they handle it pretty well once they make the decision to bring David in. Mm-hmm. So that was very different from how I remembered it. And in yeah. a good way, really, because it, I guess, yeah. makes it more interesting. Yeah, it's more complex. Yeah. Uh, it's my memory of specific events are like slightly out of order, but it, it influences my, my view on it. Just like Jen said. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think it's, I think it's very interesting because you get to see that uh, particular, uh, particular thing. Um, let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, Jen, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so glad you could join us. Uh, you can find Jen on our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably be in there immediately after we stop recording to yell about things. So <laughs> very good. Yes. Uh, my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast, Follow the Leader, at FDLcast on Twitter. Uh, you can also catch the finale of the well, actually, really the whole thing of the the thing they did this summer. Uh, Sagas of the Sunless Reach on YouTube. Uh, it's all going to be archived there. Um, but yeah, check it out. And my co-host has been Danielle. You can find them on Twitter at RedtailedHawk90, along as well as on itch.io, where you can pick up copies of their games, including mm-hmm. coming soon a version two of Idiot Teenagers with a Death Wish forged in the dark uh, hack uh, set, uh, where you get to be the animorphs that you've dreamed of uh, and have some fun trauma. Their home podcast is The Room Where It Happened. They're approaching the uh, close of their second season, which is very Appalachia in space. If you feel passionately about robots and found families and robots having found families, you should check that out. You can also listen to Dumb Kids Playing Hero, our actual play where we are playing animals. Danielle DMs it. I'm one of the players. We have a lot of emotions. A lot. All the time. Every day. Yeah. All the time, every day. And that's enough for today because we need to stop recording because Danielle has to go do a thing and we then have to read the next book, apparently, because shit's going to go down and I'm excited <laughs> and terrified. Yes. All right. Let's do a clap. Let's do a clap. Uh, 25? 25. 25.